things now that are all, yeah. it's all lowercase and it's yeah. like vines I cry myself to sleep with. Some embezzling and oh, wow. some, uh, a little bit of auto, odd thought, auto theft and, and, uh, and knife, mainly knife crime. Um, I was told by my mother that if I had sex, she would make me sleep in the doghouse for oh. the rest of my teenage wow. years. Welcome to season two, episode 18 of the Funhouse Family Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Taves. Today's guest is Chris Holsizer. And then later we're interrupted by this guy named Darth and then this other person named Virginia Stalwart II. So why don't you stick around and dance till you can dance, dance till you can dance no more. Join us. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that's about as far as it goes, right? It's like that one mistake with meat slicer is probably the last mistake with meat slicer. I got very close before several times. Um, just how close that got is probably the biggest mistake. Um, secondarily to that, I uh, really recently we were barbecuing at my mom's house and I put some potatoes and garlic butter into some foil. Mm-hmm. And they, the foil broke mm-hmm. and the butter went down to the bottom of the barbecue and the whole thing Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So I opened the barbecue lid, and it, like, singed my hair, and (laughs) it was kind of like one of the, like the movie Backdraft. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was like that, similar, but not the exact same. (laughs) So, uh, hi, Funhouse listeners. I'm currently sitting with Chris Holsizer. Uh, Chris is a filmmaker and a visual artist active in the Seattle art scene. Uh, Chris designed the poster for our next flagship show, Funhouse 5. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so, for listeners who are not aware of you, could you give a brief history of who you are, however long history you want to go? Um, Take us back. Back to the womb. Back to the womb. <laughs> back to the womb. Um, for a long time, I was focused on movies and, and doing uh, film, different film projects and things like that. It was the main reason when I came over here, um, is that I was working on things like that. Um, uh, the last thing I did was quite a while back, as far as film goes, um, probably about 2017. I got to uh, be a cinematographer on a movie that shot on film and digital and all these different things, and it was really fun and a really good time, but it was also kind of like this uh, thing where I realized that it's it's very much a, it's a rich man's game in that, you know, uh, putting a lot of time into it, putting a lot of energy, putting a lot of money, asking other people to do that, as well it is very you know it's a lot um so from there i kind of i took a break from that and then i started realizing that i I really enjoyed doing different visual art stuff like drawing and uh um designing different stuff and i've had fun with that and like you know the 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 price point for entry for that is a lot lower Mm -hmm. because you can you know paper and pen is do just fine kind of thing and um but yeah i've been recently trying to teach myself how to do a lot more Adobe stuff, um, animating, I really have been focusing a lot on um, video games and video game design recently as well, which is hopefully, you know, that's, that's also another thing where it's like you don't have like an insane amount of time to, to, to dump into it. It can be not as fruitful, but I, I really like those things and I, I really like uh, learning about them as well. Yeah. What are some of your, um, this is kind of a cliche question, mm-hmm. um, what are some of your influences? Like just artistic, comedic... I know you um, did dabbled in some improv in high school. Right. You kind of got your hands in a bunch of different uh, vats. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, I think probably the... Uh, I really like uh, Tim and Eric. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, they're my faves. Yeah, Tim and Eric, <laughs> awesome show, great job. It's, it's wonderful. Great job. Even the bedtime story stuff, I, I get down with pretty good. And, yeah. Um, I, I just like a lot of stuff like that. Um, visually, it goes all over the place. Um, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of people that do other cool things, and so it kind of leans towards whatever that is. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, regarding film, I, I like a lot of. Um, I, got, I don't know independent movies independent European film mostly mm. leftist movies <laughs> a lot of weird stuff like that but um, for visual arts yeah it goes all over the place like I, I had mentioned video games that's that's pretty big for me and um, uh, yeah I mean as far as like oof, I'm just trying to name names and I I, I don't know I uh, Musically, I really like uh, I like jazz music a lot. Mm-hmm. I like like the Longest Monk is a big a big a big hit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it goes back and forth. So I want to I want to circle back to uh, Tim and Eric. Like mm-hmm. so, Tim and Eric for me is like is a big sort of source material for Funhouse. Sure. Um, just because I really love like the the style of comedy. I think mm-hmm. they they kind of created a new. I think they really kind of reinvented alternative comedy in that way, absurdist right. comedy. What is it about Tim and Eric that is um, that is appealing to you? What, what, what do you like about it? What do they, what do, they do that um, I th- makes I you th- listen as an influence? They, they like, I feel like they kind of, they don't just like poke fun at things that are like not normally poked fun at. It's mm-hmm. like they, they kind of just talk about things that I think that a lot of people, like this, this, this idea of like, almost like an unbearable normalcy you yeah. know like people who are so like it's it's weird because they, they're really absurd there's a lot of very strange things going on mm-hmm. but it's almost as if every person who was hired to be an actor on that show is like you've definitely seen that person before mm-hmm. and you know exactly what point of like how normal a person they are they're yeah. coming from it's really strange but um i don't know i really like that i really like um I'm a really a big fan of, of when com- comedic actors can play a dickhead just really well, like just yeah. a mean, a mean narcissist, you know. Like, and I think Tim Heidecker does that beautifully. And oh, I yeah. think Eric Wareheim uh, can do the same pretty well, but he also does a really good job of just being like almost like too likable. Yeah. To where you're like, oh man, you're great, but like, it's just, it's yeah, it's extreme. I uh, I think one of my favorite anecdotes about that group is like because they both met in film school and like mm-hmm. they talked about how like one of their final projects was just basically doing a big fuck you to like yeah. the class and everything. Yeah, it, it, it's just sort of this like uh, challenging authority and challenging convention. Yeah, and it feels like like with you describe like the normal character like you get a lot of people who look like they're not movie stars. You know, no. they get these kind of like. I feel like they probably put out like a Craigslist ad. And yeah, it's, as far it. as it goes, yeah, I'm sure yeah. that it just kind of they they try to find this. Be- and I mean, like, yeah, it, like what you're saying about that, that challenging the 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 you know challenging whatever. Anyways, when they're in college and stuff, like uh, things I'd read too that you know they were punk kids basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they like you know they had like weird DJ friends doing like all that very bizarre early '90s yeah. shit that people do. Um, but yeah, I just think that it all feeds from that. I think yeah. was like this this thing of being like they wanted to make something that was like a really strong fuck you, but also at the same time for the people who really feel it, mm-hmm. just 
almost euphoria. Well, they, they get a certain essence where it's like they take these normal, everyday people and scenarios, and it's just like they flip them on their heads. Like, mm-hmm. they put them in these bizarro, yeah. nightmarish kind of, uh, of mirrors of what the world really is like. Yeah. You know? Like the infomercials and all that stuff. Right, yeah. I, this leads into my... like in, Indirectly kind of leads into my next question. So you grew up in Spokane. Yes. Um, and one of the things you talked about is like you've had, you've, you have sort of a, eh, I think you've mentioned kind of having some negative feelings about it. Like what, can you describe your relationship to your hometown? Oh, it's all, uh, uh, very complicated. You know, of course, I mean, <laughs> well, like, go into whatever you want. I don't want to press you. No, 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 it's okay. Um, I just, I think it was a fine place to be growing up. I, I really don't. I, I don't think it's a bad place. I think it's also changed a lot since since I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it's like one of those things where it's like I really had my time with that place, and then it's I just I have no desire to revisit it as a place to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where it's 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 not that I hate Spokane or anything like that. Um, I definitely don't. I think that it does have this. Um, it's it does this weird thing where like um, it's a smaller town. It's almost a college town, really. Yeah. Um, with Gonzaga and all that, um, but it it ha- it's so much more conservative mm-hmm. than other college towns. Mm-hmm. Like it's I don't know. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is just like how how kind of stuck back a lot of people are with a lot of different things and like it changed a little bit now. You know, like the people there is like the people who were really stringent and you know anti a lot of things are now kind of like you know how capitalism it kind of tries to build otherism in Mm -hmm. so they can continue to make money Mm -hmm. and so like I think that's happening a lot there now where they're like we're cool with queer people you know yeah but it just feels really like phony and kind of like a business proposition more yeah, like a little performative yeah yeah and which is you know it's a growing pain to any part of American society so that's fine it's just not for me yeah. How, how do you feel like growing up there informed your creative work? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I really like um, what it really did for me is it really made me appreciate really slow shit. Really, really mm. movies and, and... Like kind of like a mood that you said? Yeah. Like, yeah. like the, it's like... It's very bizarre. I was, you know, when I was there and I was younger and I was into movies and stuff, I was always trying to find different movies, weird movies, because it's like, you know, I would just go to Pond One and buy like 15 movies because yeah. they're like $2 a piece or something. And I would just watch anything and everything. And like, I think it was, I could have pirated those movies online or whatever, or watched some of them on Netflix, which I'm sorry I did, but back then it was less of a yeah. thing. Um, and so I, the whole time I was there, I was just like looking for more culture. Sure. And it just felt kind of exponentially drier and drier as I was there longer. Yeah. But um, the good thing about that is that I did end up seeking those things out. Yeah. And so when I came over here and like a lot of doors opened, I met more people that knew more things. It was a lot easier to be like, oh, that sounds cool. I'll, you know, I'll try that out. I'll, I'll, you know, check this kind of thing out. And like I was saying about the slowness of things is that like, when you're there, when I was there, it just felt like this very, like, it was, it meandered a lot. And I I really appreciate a lot of movies that do that now because it's kind of just like being brutally honest about the way things are for a lot of people where it's just like, you're just going about it, you know? And it's not like this extraordinary big fucking action movie thing. It's just... 
It's mon- it's a little mundane. It's a little mundane. Yeah. Um, and then like the things that happen within that are like way more interesting sure. than they would be otherwise. Like a movie that's really really slow about somebody. Uh, I'm specifically thinking of I think a, it, it's an old European movie, but um, uh, four months, three weeks, and two days, mm-hmm. and it's just about. Uh, two girls trying to get an abortion when it's illegal. Right? Yeah. And they're in Europe, I believe they're in Belgium or something. I, somebody will correct me on this, I'm sure. Somewhere down the line. Yeah, um, comment. Yeah, they're going to be like, you little fucker, you don't even know movies, dude. Um, but, um, yeah, no, like, that movie is extremely slow, and it's like, that's the only thing it's about. Yeah. Whereas if it was this movie where it's like this huge romp, like it's like yeah. they're going across the country and they're like, it's a big story. It's yeah. A big, and then that's still in there. Like mm-hmm. it really downplays the actual humanity of what's going on with that situation. And so that's what I think Spokane helped me appreciate about art in general is that like you can, it can be something that takes its time to make a point. Patience. Patience. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's I, think, a little bit. I think that's um, I think that's something that might be getting a little lost in today's culture. I mean, just with the information age and the internet, it's just like we just want it now, now, now. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's such a like everyone says that, but yeah, I mean, it I truly is something that is. Oh, we all get down with it. I mean, like, like Vine <clears throat> as a thing was yeah was enormous. I I still love <laughs> Vines. I watch Damn, you know. Daniel. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have all the YouTube videos now that are all yeah. it's all lowercase and it's yeah. like Vines. I cry myself. Sleep for yeah, 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 stuff like that. Yeah, a good, a good Vine compilation. Yeah, and like, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, things are getting faster. People want more immediate results, I guess. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had the fortune to meet some pretty interesting younger people, Gen Y, kind mm-hmm. of just a, just at the tail end of where I'm at, and mm-hmm. uh, some of them, you know, they have even more patience with art than I mm-hmm. have now as like an adult, you know, which is really interesting because I wonder if it's like this thing where they're like, when they realize that everything else is so fast and then you do see something that's like really takes its time with something, it's more interesting to them maybe. I don't know, but I've talked to a few people about just, you know, movies in that way. And it's, it's kind of interesting how that played out and the parallels. Right. Um, so it kind of leads to the next question of like, what is your relationship to promoting work on social media? Can you describe hmm. that relationship? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I, I don't love doing it. Um, Me neither. Yeah. I, I fucking hate it. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know... <laughs> you, 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 have to, you have to. Though. Yeah, like, you have to. And, like, you know, it's... I like a lot of things about it. I have had fortune to meet a lot of really cool people that are doing really awesome things. Just recently, this... Um, I did a book cover for... Uh, someone in uh, Mecco who is down uh, down in the Bay Area, um, and they do you know it's it's they're in the coffee industry right, mm-hmm. and you know it's just I I've got to meet really cool people through that and connect to them more you know mm-hmm. I meet someone in person and then I interact with them on that and then it becomes something to where like I you know they either want to buy a piece of art or they they want to commission me to do something which I think is really awesome. But at the same time, it's like this this constant nagging to uh, uh, portray yourself as a commodity is, is pretty draining, I think. And I don't think most people I know love it, you know. Um, I think there's plenty of people who are better at doing it and um, don't mind doing it as much. But um, I just, I don't like this weird pressure that I put on myself of like, if I don't post in a certain amount of time, that it is a problem. 
It becomes irrelevant, maybe. Right, or like just like that I'm, you know, that's where your main source of uh, artistic income, quote unquote, would come from is, sure. is from doing social media stuff, and then not doing that, not not putting up a drawing up every day or whatever. Um, that that I would feel any guilt about that at all is actually a little ridiculous. Do you feel guilty when you don't? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Is that like I have that nagging where I'm like, oh, I should really put something on. But it's like, uh, you know, putting putting that pressure on yourself alone is just kind of, I don't know. I think people who want to make things and want to do things will always have that pressure regardless of what the situation is. Sure. I just think social media might make it a little bit worse. <laughs> I think it, I, I agree with that. And I think it like, it's a pretty crowded field too right now. It's like, everyone's got, there's so much content out there mm-hmm. in every shape or form. You yeah. know, it's just about like, how do you get more eyes on the thing that you're doing? You right. Know, I, I don't. I don't think I have the answer to that. I think it's kind of the wild west right now with social media and yeah. the internet. We have so much access to information, yet I, I feel personally pretty fucking overwhelmed by right. <laughs> how yeah. many tools and resources there are. Yeah, yeah, it it can be quite a lot. And I mean, like, um, it's like one thing I was listening to this interview. It, it's from a while back, but it was yeah. with uh, uh, Bo Burnham, if you know. Yeah. Yeah, and he did that movie, The Eighth Grade. Um, yeah. Eighth Grade. Sorry, not the eighth. The eighth grade. That would have been pretty pretentious. Yeah, that would have been the eighth grade. Yeah, I know her. But um, yeah, he was talking about a lot of stuff like that. Is this this whole? Um, it's it's how it's everybody now. He was talking about some example with his nephew or something. Yeah. To where his nephew would watch these videos of like this other little kid who would like open toys and rate toys and stuff. He's small child, like yeah. four years yeah. old. And then uh, this interaction where, like, um, uh, Bo Burnham's sister or whatever, the parent, mm-hmm. would just be sitting, and the kid would come up and be like, Mom, you need to, you know, like, tell my followers this and tell my followers that. It, uh-huh. there, no one's recording anything. Yeah. You know? And they talk about on, on this interview, like, the, that, like, Truman Show effect oh. that everybody almost has now, where it's like, really anything could be filmed at any time and put online yeah it's and curated the, yeah, yeah and the fact that people feel in their regular lives on their day to day that those interactions are curated yeah that everything is like this weird PR thing yeah it feels a little violent you know like it's like yeah. this really strange like I don't know that, that that feeling of if you're not being watched then what are you really doing mm-hmm. and then that you know, there's a lot that leans into it but yeah I just like I imagine like the the person who has like uh, like my mom loves taking selfies and she'll mm-hmm. just take like hundreds of selfies like yeah. I'll just look at her phone history of like all the photos I'm like man like this is the same photo <laughs> it's not a hundred that's me being yeah. hyperbolic but I mean it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good amount where yeah. it's just like it's filling the screen so that's yeah wild. I, yeah I, I don't think there's any easy answers to it I think we're yeah. st- we're in it yeah and I think what's one of the uh, is a little different, but um, sort of similar to what you're saying about about your mother. Is that I think it's funny that um, leaning into most of this is like uh, probably about five, maybe maybe ten years ago or so. All the boomers are giving us all this shit about technology being controlling our lives or whatever. Yeah, they've yeah. leaned into it so much harder than we have. Oh sure, they are. Your parents you know, have a Facebook. Oh my God, they have a Facebook. No, and it's like <laughs> like it's this thing is like you know they are way more beholden to it and way more stressed about yeah, yeah. their interaction with it than any of us could ever give a fuck about. It's weird, like, and then you know it's just like they didn't even. 
I, I don't even know how that happened. Like, it was like one day they were like, oh, you got to get off the Facebook, you're on Facebook all the time. And then now it's just like, they, I, on it, yeah. most of the time I'm interacting with somebody over the age of 50 years old, they're on their phone. On Facebook. Weird. Because it's the opposite of what I knew 10 years ago when yeah. I was like a kid, you know? And I, I feel like with that, it's like, uh, what I hear from this generation of high school, because I teach high school English, and like, the, you know, I, I hear what the kids are using. Like, when we were in high school, it was like, what, MySpace? Yeah, it was Facebook? Odd, yeah. And now it's basically... It's like Discord now, right? Yeah, it's like, it's now just, it's usually just, it's Snapchat, that TikTok thing, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, Facebook is now like email. To the kids, it's like, yeah. oh, I gotta have a Facebook because I gotta keep in touch with my parents. Right, 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 you know, um, I don't know. It's it's, it's different. Okay, um, I want to talk a little bit about let's let's pivot here. That, that yeah. was a good tangent. Um, what? Um, so you you have a very like clean kind of minimalist design with oh, your work. Thank you. Um, how I would describe it. Yeah. Um, where do you suppose that comes from? Can you describe your Visual art a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my canned response for this is pretty similar, but uh, no. I mean, you don't have to go too canned. No, no, no. It's not. It's not like. I mean, it's a good answer. Like I, yeah, I think yeah. so. Anyways, um, it's just something I think about a little too much. Is sure. That, like a lot of it is that um, when I'm like driving around and I'm looking at everything, mm-hmm. I get this. I get very freaked out by the amount of detail that's in everything. Sure. There's too many lines. There's too many colors. It's like there's too. It's overwhelming to yeah. be out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably just a, maybe a me thing a little more than, than it is some people. But no, I, I um, see some truth in that. For yeah, sure. yeah, and it's just kind of it's it's overwhelming to look at even just a very simple landscape mm-hmm. and just to see how many exact details are in that. If you try to like break it down into like how you would quote unquote realistically draw that, sure, it's just it's overwhelming to me. And so like. Whenever I'm drawing stuff, I'm just kind of like, firstly, I'm taking myself out of my immediate, you know, thought yeah. to just kind of give myself a little bit of time to just not really think. Yeah. Because um, it's kind of an active, non-active thing. Sure. Um, but I think the things end up being really sparse and really like there's a lot of negative space. Yeah. Um, or if the page is filled, it's filled with not an intense amount of lines, mm-hmm. which is a way I used to draw. Was I, do, I would do some photo real stuff, but um, yeah, the the, re- the main reason for that is just that the amount of detail in the world really freaks me out, and so I just try to abstract it and like make it as simple and easy to swallow. Maybe get it to its essence. Sure, a little bit, yeah, or go beyond that a little bit and get it, you know, outside of its own. That mm-hmm. that's the thing I like to think about a lot is that like you abstract something to the point that it's like it's recognizable as this, and then you just bend that a little bit. Yeah, so it's just kind of. You're thinking a little bit, and you're like, oh, this maybe this, you know, the legs go this way, and so, you know, yeah, nothing crazy, but yeah. I'm making a connection. It, it kind of reminds me of sort of the mundane stuff of uh, of, of Spokane, like mm. when you describe Spokane <laughs> in a way, just like a big a, flat. Yeah. yeah, like it reminds me of just like you know, you, you there's not there's not a ton to distract yourselves with, so you're you're just kind of left with the the minimum, the yeah. essence of a thing. I yeah. think that's the word I can think of at the top of my head with that. Yeah. I mean... The few features that would make you distinguish what that is, right? Like, the, which is, you know, that's the base of, of that um, cartooning, mostly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like boiling things down so that it's... And, yeah, yeah, I think that the Spokane thing, that's a, that's a really fair point because there's a lot, of that, a lot of that town where it's just kind of like, it's a field... Mm-hmm. And then that maybe there's a house out there, but it's mainly the field. 
and that's about it. And so, you know, being here is, you know, as much as I, you know, just not 15 minutes ago talked about uh, how Spokane's too slow or whatever, but yeah. being here is, it's, it's almost too fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's overstimulating. Yeah, yeah. It's overstimulating for somebody who's just been like, been able to drive. Yeah. 30 miles an hour anywhere in town and right. never feel bad about it yeah to come here and be here for seven years and have have it just be like that is the exact opposite of the case well yeah. it's just so everything's so crowded too yeah, yeah. I, I feel like i'm getting into grouch territory with this, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm grouchy about when it. i'm going to like trader joe's or the grocery store i'm just like i have to be mindful of the peak times in which i go i'm like oh mm. damn it there's just too many fucking people around yeah. me um but like i go back to like where i grew up like stevens and mm. it's just just open space so yeah there's just a little bit more room to breathe and I, I guess I get I understand why people go back or why they end up going back to their hometown or getting out of the city because just probably being yeah. that active like yeah it's like survival the, instinct yeah it's like the talking head song the big country oh yeah where he talks about he, is it the whole time he's talk, convincing himself that he doesn't want to live in the country but yeah it's like come on It'd be pretty nice to just like have a oh, nice yeah. dinner with your friends, and you don't have to worry about the neighbors. And it's nice you can see the sunset and all that. Yeah. Um, okay, so back on the 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 art stuff with um, with your graphic design work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you start regularly producing art on a professional scale? On a professional you, scale, I don't know. Like, do you remember that tipping point, or when it started to take a level of seriousness in which? Um, I got real about it maybe two, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. Um, I've been, so I've been drawing for a really long time, drawing my whole life. And then I drew, drew a lot more starting about three years ago and doing small projects for people, little things, you know. Um, now I am a lot more serious about it in that I don't know exactly when that happened. It was just, I think it was just when people asked me to do things yeah. and offered me money to do it. Yeah. Is that, that's I, usually like, the, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, I guess it, I could just do this. This seems pretty cool. It seems better than a day job or whatever, which, you know, don't give me, I have a day job, don't get yeah. me wrong. but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, about maybe, maybe a year and a half, two years, something like that. And it was just that, um, I can't remember the, the inciting incidents of that. I just, yeah, I think I did. I did something for the American Cancer Society for an event they were doing, and um, Bark for Life. It was like a dog. My friend at work was running it. And mm-hmm. They wanted me to do a T-shirt or something, and then I really liked the T-shirt, and so they're like, "You should do this more often." I was like, yeah, I "Guess so." That's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. It was Here's really nice. Validate you in a way. Or yeah, something. to not even ask for a job to be given one, and then to have them say, "You did a great job. You should do this more." You know, like that's. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the time I get I get caught in this trapping of like oh, I'm doing my day job and I'm I go home and I just work on design stuff for like three hours and then I stop myself and I'm like you should, you gotta stop whining about it though because yeah. it's something it I like work. doing yeah it's more work sure but yeah. like it's something I like doing and like you know people kill to have stuff to do like that you yeah know? they like to have somebody want them to draw something or to make art you know like that's crazy cool. I'm like super lucky. It's kind of a privilege in that way. Extremely a privilege, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And like, I've just been very fortunate to only work with, uh, as of yet, just only people I really, really admire and that do cool things. Some like mindedness. Yeah. That way. So when you're approaching a new project, where do you begin? What's your process like? Um, I usually talk with the person first and see what, where they're at, what they like, and um, if they have any ideas, you know, that I can start with. And maybe it won't go. Um, so literally to what they're looking for or anything but I, I like to start there because 
you know, if, if you're not having like an active listening session where you're talking to somebody and listening to what they exactly they're feeling about something, you'll mm-hmm. miss the point immediately on your first like five tries. Yeah. Right. Which is something I had to learn very quickly was that it's just like, if you don't actually hear the quote unquote, the buzzwords that are actually significant to what they want, then it's just kind of, it's shooting in the dark. Yeah. And then it's just like, eh, this is not really what I want. I'm like, oh, okay. Have you had the, have you had that where people, you haven't had that conversation before and to talk about the vision or the premise of the piece and um, it's gone south? Yeah. So, I mean, well, not like horribly or anything. It's just yeah. like, you know, it just ends up them being like, not sure I love the direction, which is totally fine. I, mean, yeah, I never yeah. get mad about that, you know? Yeah. Um, or they're just like, kind of like, this is okay but we're leaning more towards this and you know you come up with a few ideas you go what about this what about this what about this but if you're not hitting what it is that they are thinking Mm -hmm. even if they chose you specific to the way your style is and the way that your art is because they like that it's irrelevant because you're not you know you're not speaking to them you're speaking to yourself only yeah and so if you're not if if it's not like a a conversation it's not a collaboration then you're not really doing anything for anybody except yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yes. So, yeah, I mean, my, uh, I think most, the, the only time that really, really happened, I think, uh, was with a band. It was like, I had tried a few things, but I just, I think I just was not intaking exactly what they were thinking about, yeah. um, um, they were needing. And so I did f- f- like four drafts or something. And sure. I ended up just using it as like art of my Instagram face. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 you know. I mean, that's a positive. I'm going to do it either way, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, but you got to have the, you got to talk with people about what they're feeling. Because then, you know, otherwise you're just a one-man show, and that's no fun. Yeah, then because it's kind of about the ego in that way, narcissistic. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's kind of a big question, but how, how can artists benefit by working with other artists of other disciplines? Um, oh, I mean, you know, First of all, just to get yourself out of your own headspace, because you know when you when you become comfortable in, in what you're doing and how you're doing it, mm-hmm. you have a mode of operation, and that your your mo is is what you do and how you do it, and you can break that yourself and kind of do little things and change it this way or change it that way. But if you're not seeing how other people are doing things, even in like just a physical way, like how how does this person uh, make pottery? versus how this person does a painting, right? right? Just to see physically how they prepare themselves for that, how they do it in the time, and how they treat themselves while they're doing that, it really opens up the door to just thinking differently creatively in general. Mm-hmm. Um, one great thing I heard, I can't remember uh, where it was. It was some YouTube video or something about just design work, but um, they had mentioned that, like, you know, I was working on like a tour poster or something like, or not maybe a show poster. And I was like, how do people like generally get ideas for this? Like what are, what are good posters, you know, versus bad posters, which is, it's a non-real thing. Like what's good and what's bad. is Right. That binary is kind of dangerous. Yeah, exactly. And so I, the first mistake was looking into that, but I, I stumbled upon this thing. This person had said, basically, if you're looking for inspiration, on how to do a show poster, don't look up fucking show posters because you're just going to make somebody else a show poster that they already made. Mm. Look at other art, you know, look at different types of art. Like, look yeah. at 3D animation, look at, 
you know, like I mentioned, pottery is, is yeah. pretty interesting for me. I really like <laughs> pottery. <laughs> yeah, the textile stuff and the weird <laughs> shit like that. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm all about that stuff. And I think it gives me a lot, of, a lot of weird ideas, you know, just like, oh, how can I, you know, how can I make this 2D mm. with <laughs> the primary colors or something weird like that? But um, yeah, just looking at different types of, because, you know, inspiration can come from anywhere. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it, that brings up a good point. Like when I think of like, because I'm a theater maker, you know, if I'm just yes, I should be looking and researching other theater. Mm-hmm. But also, I think like if you look at you know, you go to a museum, like how can a painting add to you know? Because my job is to create stage pictures, right? So if I look at like a you know, like a Renaissance painting, mm-hmm. how can I steal from that or take something from that process or that aesthetic yeah. and yeah. and use that in a way that could be a more intriguing or dynamic stage picture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes sense to me. Like that's why I encourage students to go like go go to fucking museums. Go see go see things that Yeah. Check it out. Don't just go see Wicked. Yeah. Go go see you know, the Victorian radicals at the Sam or something, you know, like you could learn something. Yeah. Um so you mentioned an interesting statement and you said it earlier. Um can you unpack the statement society as a concept is inherently violent? What do you mean by that? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, structure is inherently I have plenty of friends who could describe this a lot better than I can I'm not I don't ever claim to be like an intellectual dude because I don't know if I am but um, just the idea that you know structure is inherently violent because it, it assumes a subordinate and a dominant right and that itself you know given to any any level of pressure can can cause literal violence and also you know more figurative violence verbal violence you know things like this I think that's the thing that we're facing a lot with, um, uh, I mean, not to get too deep, but <laughs> with the, like the, the way that people feel about the police now, right? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's not how we feel about those people. It's how we feel about the system of police. And so that itself, right, is like, and I think that's, that's what a lot of people don't get about that, that kind of statement of the, the whole, like, what are these, you know, we don't, it's, it's hard to... It's hard to materialize into words, but... <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like the threat of violence is, that, like, it, that's everywhere. You know, it's like, th- mm-hmm. I think that's what, honestly, is, like, at the base nature of people. It's like, yeah. before we had intellectuals and uh, academics and systems of organization and government, like... Yeah. Insinuating... things out with them <laughs> yeah. physically. Insinuating that there are people that are better to make uh, specific decisions that affect millions of people as opposed to all of those people making that decision together Mm -hmm. is inherently violent because one person can't speak for a million. Oh, Uh, hold on a second. Chris, what's it? Oh, hi. Oh, hey, sir. Oh, hey. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. For Join us for Funhouse 5, the latest iteration of the Funhouse family's flagship theater show, featuring a selection of short plays by local writers that explore the shifting cultural landscape of the Pacific Northwest. Funhouse 5 runs Thursday through Saturday, September 19th through the 28th at Annex Theater in Capitol Hill. Follow the Funhouse family on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Funhouse Fam for ticketing information and updates. I hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. person can't speak for a million. Oh. Uh, hold on a second. Chris, what's it? Oh. Oh. Hi. Oh, hey. hello, sir. Oh. Hey. Oh. 
I'm Come going in. in. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. are. Take a have a have a seat. All right. Uh, who is uh Well, we were in the uh, we were in the middle of a podcast. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I heard I heard somebody talking about police in here. With our, our, any any y'all cops? <laughs> N- definitely, definitely not. not. Oh, <laughs> no. Thank God. Uh, who are you? I'm Darth. Dar- nice to meet you. Darth. Darth. Like okay. Darth Vader. No. Which, Do you get that a lot? T- yeah. No. <laughs> I'm older than those movies. Just give me a break, all right? Okay, okay, all right. Okay, all right. All right. So, what, Darth with an E, if you must. Oh, it's Darth with an E. A R T H. Yeah. But okay. It's, all right. I am. Sorry uh, to throw you off there. I'm, I'm sorry. I just I ran in here because I thought I I thought I heard the cops out there and I heard cops in here and it's just a lot. Uh, let's close the blinds. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. That's <laughs> the load off. Yeah. So there's a reason for that, though. Is it? Well, I'm I'm technically a fugitive. Oh. Which I do try to bring up pretty early in the conversation, because technically if you don't call the cops right now, you're an accessory after the fact. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you did. You know, was it tax evasion? I mean, it was a little of that. It was a little, some crimes against... Property and a few persons and uh, and, and some embezzling and oh, wow. some uh, a little bit of auto odd thought auto theft and and, uh, and knife crime mainly knife crime knife crime that's what well, yeah that's, that's broad sort of the category it? of it is knife crime yeah okay. But uh, I, I don't know. Like they make a whole big what, thing of it. Yeah. It's, what constitutes a knife crime? Well, <laughs> what is what are the features of knife crime? Listen, it, it's it's hard in this modern world to make your way if you're if you just love fucking knives like I do. <laughs> and like, I, if you happen to be a criminal and okay. there happens to be a knife present when you're committing a crime and uh-huh. all of a sudden becomes a knife crime and okay. it's adding like years to your sentence okay. so I, I just kind of move on whenever that happens. So how does that intersect with tax evasion? Like well, <laughs> it seems like two so polar opposites. I, I like to I like to roam about I don't like to stay in cities I really this is just an awful fucking place I but I <laughs> I tried I, I really tried having an office job one time I got it was it was, it was boring but I I eventually got you know back on my back on my shit, and I and I had to start doing knife crime. So it started off prying the supply closet open. I was just peeling off, you know, like one post-it, two post-its at a time with a knife, obviously. And okay. I do, do you are you carrying knives right now? If I you can ask? see, like I've got at least two visible here. Well, let's like, see. Let's like put if, them out on the, the table. If the police were here, they couldn't get me for that. For, yeah, okay, that's the... All right. Yeah. Wow, shit. Hold on. Ah, yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, okay. Holy um, shit, that's like a... Yeah, I'm How not, did you keep that in I'm your not pocket? Gonna, I, I buy a, a big lot, fucking knife. got a lot of sheaves. They're, they sort of fold with my joints and all. It's very, it's very complicated. But, you know, I, I was, I'm not trying to get stabbed while just walking around by myself. All right. That's what knife noobs do. So I, I, I interrupted you with an anecdote. So you brought these knives. Well, were... yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, I thought I would be okay just continuing to do the... I'm not even going to tell you what the fucking job was. It was boring. But, the, uh, but you know, I'm just... I'm just Trying to trying to stick it to the man a little bit, not literally. I'm not, not a violent guy, really. But um, you don't seem like a violent yeah, person. So then I decide I'm gonna hack into the into the, uh, the the accounting server. So you know, I go into the server room and I hack into it 
with my knives and uh, and I um and I transfer a bit of money over and I you yeah. hacked into the server with the knife. Yeah, yeah don't don't worry about don't worry about the ins and outs. Okay. And the magician doesn't reveal a secret. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, I've been I've been kinda on the I mean that those are federal charges obviously, with, with knife crime enhancement yeah. applied to them, so I've got I've got the IRS and the ATF after me. It's oh, a weird Jesus. combination. Wow. 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 Okay. Oh, oh, is this another, another person? Hello? Hello? Oh, Excuse I, me, uh, yeah. do you have just a minute of your time? I got all well, kinds yeah. of time. Well, we got time. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a number of you in here. Do you mind if I come in and speak to all of you? Uh, okay. Sure, you've got pamphlets and everything. I do, I you do. You put a pamphlet on everybody's door? Yes, well, I, I must make sure that everyone oh. hears the news. Okay. Did you know, gentlemen? Uh -huh. Hello, first of all. Hello. Hi. Yes, yes. My name is Virginia Stallworth II. Pleased to meet you. Yes, very I'm nice Ryan. to be here today. This is I'm Chris. This is and this uh, I'm, is I'm Darth. I'm fugitive Hi, from accessory yes. after the fact. Hello. <laughs> all right then. Okay. Yes, gentlemen. Did you know that sexual education is not taught in all schools? Yeah. Oh. This is. I, I, I just think that... It's a figuratively violent fact. Yes, well, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, I am a few signatures short on this petition here to, to not only bring sexual education to every school in America, but also mm -hmm. to make condoms free and available at any drugstore. Do you have any... Uh, Qualms with my with my petition. No, I, mean, no, I no, feel no. like that's a fairly positive, yeah, sex positive thing. These are good uh, things. I don't know if I, uh, I actually signed it already outside, but I'll be happy to sign. Oh it. Yes. it wasn't my real name. Yes, then, but... gentleman with the large knife. I did yeah. see you outside. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, 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 I did... appreciate you recognizing that I'm a gentleman first, and I've got knives second. Well, not a lot of people do that. So. Well, actually, when people see you, do they just run away when you brandish your <laughs> That's the, I mean, the first time I ever had the local sheriff after me was because I mugged somebody, but all I did was walk up and do it. Crocodile Dundee was my favorite movie growing up. I did a little bit of that. That's not a noise <laughs> stuff. And all of a sudden, the guy's dropping his wallet and running away. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. He, so, so, as I you can see, interrupt you, man. There are a lot of knives on the table. Yes, I do see that. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, I. He says he's nonviolent, a nonviolent uh, knife owner. Oh yeah, y'all would be in serious trouble if I were violent. But uh, <laughs> oh, I feel like we're already in serious trouble. We're accessories to your. Yeah, no, it's okay. It, as long as nobody knows, I was, nobody's gonna know I was. Y'all aren't recording this, are you? Uh. Anyway, that's yeah. What were you saying? <laughs> Sorry, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yes, well, sex, I, sex. Yes, absolutely. I, you know. <laughs> When, when I grew up in the small town of Iowa Park, Texas, uh -huh. um, I was told by my mother that if I had sex, she would make me sleep in the doghouse for oh. the rest of my teenage wow. years. my God. But then I realized that she could That's not tell. Singer. Yeah, yeah, you know, she was not the best. Um, <laughs> God bless her soul. But, uh, you know, I, I realized she could not tell it when I lost my virginity. Um, and therefore, oh, wow. uh, she never knew, and so I've just decided... Wait, true? You can't tell? Oh, no. That, I, was, I, that, yeah. I was educated kind of out in the boonies. I didn't oh, know. no. Well, I have a lot to tell oh. you then, it would seem. Oh, this is good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, gentlemen, you know, I just feel like 
young people are going to do what young people do. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to fuck and they're going to they're going to do the 69 and oh, and oh, the cowgirl oh, and oh. whatever else they want to do. Yeah. And we need to make sure that they are healthy when they do that. The fact that I'm getting uh, I'm getting uncomfortable talking about it is probably part of the problem based off of my conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. Not having this public uh, school um, kind of initiative. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I thought you meant like HPV or something. Oh no, 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 no. It's just definitely not HPV. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Yeah, you're, an, you're an adult man. I, mean, like, yeah. I heard out in the bush that that makes you more likely to just be a passive carrier of it. But you know, I, yeah. I mean, you could also have HPV. Probably. Anyways, <laughs> that is a whole other story. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so what do you what what is the what does it look like going into the schools? Like, what, to describe your vision. There's What's just your vision? you know, there's no. There's no standards across the board. Uh -huh. And so, you know, down south where I'm from, sometimes you will go into a classroom and it's abstinence-only teaching. Right. Sometimes it's teaching, you know, where they, they have the, the pictures of the body up on the board and the genitals just look like a Barbie doll up there. There's oh. nothing. And oh. so, you know, I think just ignoring that sex happens is a crime, you know, mm -hmm. honestly. We really need to be educating our youth because they are the future of this country. This is true, and they'll be making yeah. more people. Exactly. Maybe. Uh, what, what was your uh, sex ed like? Me? Yeah. Oh, um, that was in school, uh, luckily, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's good for me. I, yeah, no. Um, Did you have an absence only? No. Sex ed? No. Um, oh, there you go. I was, oh, you know, well, I was that's I, good. Oh, one of the fortunate ones, as they say. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was a little lacking. It was kind of, you know, the boys are going to be this way, you know, that kind of thing. Where oh, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Locker that, room talk. Even, even in, the, even, you know, they had the boys and the girls were separated, right? The girls yeah. got away. Yeah. But even, even in the boys only room, that was the conversation. Mm. Was the boys are going to be boys and, you know watch out kind of thing, yeah, well, <laughs> which that's in itself pretty harmful. Troublesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, bad. Troublesome. Yeah. Very, very problematic. Did mm -hmm. they have like a banana that they, they slipped a condom on for you at least? <laughs> no, they had a video of someone doing it. Right, a of, video on a, on a, on banana. a banana. Right, because <laughs> they didn't want to make somebody do it, so they just got somebody in a video doing it. Putting a condom on Because they didn't want us to have the association of our yeah. teacher putting a condom on anything. Because they just didn't want they, uh, that. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it was Why weird. is that fucking stupid? Well, I mean, first off, you're ruining a perfectly good banana, and I guess you could peel it off afterward. But who wants to get that 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 spermicidal lube on a pe like something something's gonna eat? That's just disgusting. Well, no one's gonna eat the peel. Well, you well, you're, you might be a clean banana Seep peeler, but I've no you know it, it just goes all over the place. But yeah, no, that just seems pointless to me. I got all the education I needed out in the bush, and uh, and I can tell you it sounded like it was better than yours. Uh, what was well? What was your education? What was your education? Okay, so I've been I've been wandering here and there. Day in the life. Yeah, most of most of my adult and and adolescent life, and uh, and you know you just kind of you, you meet people out in the forest, and uh, you know just kind of teach you this and that, and. Um, 
Anybody? Just anyone out in the Well, this, I mean, I've got an on-again, off-again lady friend that I've been seeing since, God, we were like 15. When we, but yeah, now it's uh, like, 20, like 25 years now. But uh, that's Joanna, who is the Safari Kingpin. Um, the what? what? The <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me? Well, okay, so... It, it, First of all, Kingpin's a gender-neutral title, so don't get confused by that. Okay, she, okay, she, okay. she won her slot by by taking care of the previous Safari Kingpin, obviously. Oh um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I I met, I met her. Uh, oh God, we were wandering out in uh, amongst the large carnivores, and uh, now I tell you, I'm not a violent person. But half the half the knives I I carry are to defend against mountain lions and bears. Okay. Um, so a lot of those in the American West and Southwest, and uh, and yeah, one time um, I, there I was on the trail by myself, like I was a lot in those days, and um, all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, this bear is just on me, and uh, Joanna comes out of nowhere, and. I don't know. I, I can't even tell you how many blows she landed on this thing, but this bear is yipping off into the into the. Into the I think it was a bear cub or something like that. Well, either way, I fell in love immediately. So um, well, yeah, and from from there on, she's we just like kind of alpha. Yeah, we just kind of the beta. That was you know, your sexual education. Well, she it? had learned. She had heard things in the outskirts of cities, and so had I. So I, I don't know. Be, it was non-physical for a long time. We just kind of discussed different things that we thought were plausible about it, and kind of went from there. So yeah. Well, do you know how to please your partner, Doc? Well, you know. It's... Does she seem really, truly happy at the end? I mean, she seems. You said on and off again. So maybe is there currently that... we're off again? Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're off again, running away. Well, okay. <laughs> we're both we're both busy people. All right. I I've got to wander. She's got an entire empire of safari people to to rule <laughs> over. <laughs> and I I just I. We don't always have time for each other. We don't yeah. always put in the time that, that the relationship needs. You know, I'm not. You know, I, I, I don't know everything about everything that you fancy tech people know about here in the city. I'm not a tech but it, I'm not, <laughs> well, you, you got a computer in front of you. You're a tech person. It's, it's like <laughs> that seems I'm, like a stereotype. <laughs> you just put a label on me I'm, there. I'm darling. sorry. I did not mean to pigeonhole you like that. I'm just, I'm I mean, just, I could say you're a you're a you're a serial killer with all the knives you got hanging. Those out. are quite well, a few be, knives. Well, that would be very rude. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a mutual. Yeah, it's a, it's a re, it's a respect kind of thing. Yeah. Let let people be who they're going to be. But uh, now I'm sorry. What was your question? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you know where the the clitoris is? <laughs> On top. Of oh. <laughs> I think you need to take a look at one of my pamphlets. Sir. <laughs> Let's open that up. Let's. <laughs> now see. What, right. Yeah. Yeah. See. Now. Now here. Here. Up here at the top, you're going to find the mons pubis, and that's the skin area. Mm-hmm. Oh. And now we're just going to go down a little bit further. Okay. And now you've got the labia. Okay. Oh, this is, like a, this, this is like a felt tep uh, pamphlet. Oh, yes. Isn't it nice? You should, <laughs> it's like a scratch and I had such a fun time going and finding all these different textures at Joanne's to make these pamphlets. Oh, okay. not Every believe. single one. I thought it was wow. like 3D printed or something. No, no, no. So I mean, I learned these about are handmade. Question. Yes, wow. absolutely. Wow. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, now you just got to lift up the clitoral hood there. You're blowing my mind right now. And right there is and you're the gonna blow, uh, Safari. Uh, Joanna the Safari campaign, yeah. Bl- mine when you're on again. Oh, I hope so, man. What happened? Well, what was it, the inciting incident, it's, Darth? Uh, it, it, it's it's hard when you're 
in separate circles for a lot of the time. And in some of those separate circles, we fucked other people. So it's... And and then you know, well, we, what, we can you describe these circles? Way. What are some? What, well, what's her circle? So she's got the yeah. safari king. I, okay, yeah. so so she she she's the safari kingpin, right? So yeah. she's got her entire court, and uh, they rule the uh, they rule the mountaintop and the granite forest. And okay, y'all know all this already, but the no, and uh, no, we'll, we'll you know, go. There's a whole. You know how I said I'm not comfortable in a city. Well, it's like a fucking city out there. Like they, yeah. they I mean, they've got a whole. They've got a whole market town out front. They've got. I mean, all the trails are way better marked than they were when I was a kid. They've got <laughs> safety rails and shit on them. So, you know, I just can't bring myself to hike up to the top of that mountain and tell her that I that I fucked somebody else again. So, you know, it's it's <laughs> wait, wait again. Well. On again, off again. Do you man. have an, a, a polyamorous relationship? Is that? I, I a, guess, as a matter of fact, we do. It's not something we've ever discussed favorably with each other. Well, but I know she's problem. got other people in her <laughs> retinue as well. Wait, what was the There's his problem right there. He just needs to discuss it open. I myself am in a polyamorous relationship oh, with, well, with a few partners, and you just need to, as long as everyone has consent and, and it is acknowledged, and there you are checking in and making sure that your partner is comfortable, then you know what? I think you and Joanna can make this work. By the time I hike up to the top of the mountain, I am not comfortable. I am sweaty. I have usually got, even with the safety rails, I have usually got blisters. <laughs> and, safety rails up there? And... Uh, no, it's just—it's rough. It's hard after a long, long day to uh, really make time for each other. You know. Well, that just sounds like you'll be in a vulnerable position, and sometimes, you know what? That's that's the best position to have these heart-to-heart conversations with your partner. Mm, you get vulnerable up there, you get eaten by a fucking bear. But <laughs> <laughs> have you ever killed anything? Have I ever? Sorry, what was the question? Have you ever killed a thing? Or, have I ever killed a thing? Yeah, like anything. Is that the question? Like a person, an animal. Is that door locked? Why would you ask me that I question? Don't know. Okay, I'm so. just trying to get to the core of this, Darth. All right, just trying to figure out why you're running. I mean, I you know, I I I do a lot of crimes and I throw a lot of knives and I can't be certain that one of them has never missed its mark. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, and, and I mean. It's a uh, it's it's hard out there in the bush, but I wouldn't choose any other life. Very cryptic. <laughs> so cryptic. Um, let, let's uh, let's let's pivot over to <laughs> to Virginia here. Yes. Um, I don't know. Are we what 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 can what can we in schools do that is different than what's already happening? Honestly, the, the, the current conventional sex ed. You know, just. Uh, Having open and honest communication mm-hmm. with the young ones, and you know, I think it's never—you're never too young to learn about sexual education. Mm-hmm. I tell, you know, I, I tell my three-year-old niece Clara all the time. Wait, what? <laughs> Three years old? You're telling her this? Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> she just is sitting at the table playing with her fingers, and I'm, I'm like, careful, there, Clara. We don't play with our clitorises at the table. <laughs> 
Well, this is actually, this is not uncommon. I actually have been reading in a book that uh, children, when they're born, are actually very sexual. They just are not very conscious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. We shame, them. Mm-hmm. we shame them. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with America and how we <laughs> view even nakedness. You know, I think yeah. I think people should be allowed to just be naked in public. There's oh. no shame in the human body. I'm 100% with you on that. Well, what if, what if, if we, I don't want to see somebody's junk? You know, what if but I why? Because I don't want to yeah. see. I don't want to see something. That's more like it gets theirs, man. That's not yours. <laughs> if you don't want to see it, don't look. I mean, I mean, well, if everybody in the restaurant has got their peckers out, what? Well, well, right, well, now we're getting yeah. into food yeah. safety yeah. here. No. I mean, we wear we wear as much or as little clothing as we need for the situation out there. I'm just saying, you're, you're running through the undergrowth. You don't want anything catching you. So obviously, in the bush. Yeah, you you bundle it up a little bit, and if it's cold, you put on more clothes. I'm and obviously, I'm in a city right now, so I'm wearing more than I would normally wear. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it shouldn't be so many rules. Yeah, you know, in Japan, they've got these bathhouses, and just everyone's naked. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Why don't we do communal bathing here? I, I don't know. Chris, why don't we do communal bathing here? Well, I think a lot of people here take showers. Well, well yes. That's, but why not? That's the main reason. Bucking pansies. Well, <laughs> I'll take a communal shower. When was the last time you had a bath, though? A communal. Well, that seems like kind of, that, any that seems any like a double You know, the last time I took a bath. Yeah. Versus the last time I bathed myself. When was the last time you had yourself mm-hmm. a nice, relaxing bubble bath? I don't know. Maybe a couple, candles. Couple, well, no the candles, whole but a couple. Okay. Of okay. okay. Yeah. I like a bath. Cotton candy. You know, yeah. Bath, but you know, communal bath. I, I would just take a communal shower more. Sharing the water, okay. we don't know. So right. He's meeting you halfway. All right. He'd say he would take you know, a communal shower. You know, that's I mean, football players do it. Sports yeah. teams, junks hanging out. That prisoners do it. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they do. How How is that going, by the way? Like, how does that work with you? So did yeah. you dig yourself out? How did you get out of that? I mean, every every day of freedom is better than the last one. <laughs> so, okay. But, uh, okay. no, I, how did I get out of there? I've never been, I've never been caught. I just keep going. It's... Oh, okay. Yeah, no, so you've never been to prison, right? No, I, all I know about prison. You're just is on the lam. The uh, occasional movie, um, but uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm wanted. Sixteen counties in five states. Last yeah. time I counted, but there might be more. I don't check in with that very often. <laughs> I only hear about it over police radios and stuff nearby and all that. So, yeah. What can do people do to support you? Do you have a GoFundMe or? A... I don't know what that is. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's like a crowd. Never mind. You okay. don't like technology. You gave me a hard time about it earlier. Uh, um, I, I guess just leave leave some some meat outside your door if you hear them in your city. It's good. I, I don't know. I, use, I I I can get everything that I need though. It's not it's not hard to get what you need if you've got a knife in your hand. Well, I've got some uh, leftover chicken teriyaki that's been sitting for about four hours that's in this probably, hot room. That's probably not food safe by now, but I'll get. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I bathe in a Would that work for you? Yeah, no, that's that's fine. You can put it in the. You can just forget that it was four hours and put it in a fridge and then heat it up later. I've done that. Have you done that? Or you yeah. just I think everyone's done that once. Or or you're twice. just like it's okay. Yeah, I left it in my yeah. car for you know, eight hours. Trust your nose. I always say the mm. nose knows best. <laughs> It's in the, what do they call it, the, the danger zone? The danger zone. The, mm-hmm. the danger zone. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get, well, here, would you like the chicken terrier? Do you want it? Uh, I guess. Okay. 
still a little bit warm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you hungry? Do you want something? Oh, no, I'm fine. You know, okay. I, me and, and my partners, we're going out to dinner this evening. Oh, where are you going to go? Oh, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe some seafood restaurant. Um, they said they're going to surprise me, so I'm oh. not quite sure. Oh. But I do love crab legs, so I, I'm very excited. The ocean terrifies me. I've literally never had seafood, so I wish you well and safety. <laughs> More safety. for me, then. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna get? Are you gonna get back together with uh, Joanna? Oh, you know, probably. We always manage to work things out in the end. Um, you know, it, it, we we have the same kinds of issues over and over again. But I think that without, you know, until till one of us decides we're too old to keep gallivanting around through the bush, I guess this is how it's gonna be. What do you think? I think I think if you open yourself up to her, and then. Proceed that by opening her up and making her happy, then I think you two can can truly find a common ground here on I mean, this relationship. I mean, I guess between the two of us, she is the more settled one. She does have a kingdom ruled by the Granite Mountain, so I could probably just spend a little more time there. <laughs> and now you know where the clitoris is. Yeah, yeah, just right on top. Uh, hi, I'm Chris Holsizer. I am an uh, illustrator, artist, or designer uh, here in Seattle, Washington. Most effectively, you could find me on Instagram at, uh, at chairs, like a chair you would sit in, Holsizer, which is H-U-L-S-I-Z-E-R. Thanks. Uh, I'm Glenn Bristol. I play Darth, the knife crime fugitive, and uh, you can find me. You can find my uh, my work as a film critic at uh, filmwonk.net. That's F-I-L-M-W-O-N-K.net. Uh, you can find all of our uh, all of our podcast episodes and my very political statements at uh, twitter.com/filmwonk. Hi, this is Rainy Morris, and I'm played Virginia Stalwart the Second. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rainy Weather. That's R-A-Y-N-E-E Weather. Thanks, Robert Bajorquez, for reminding us to dance until we can't dance no more at the top of the show. And join us again next week for our final episode of Season 2 as we talk to local filmmaker and production assistant Morgan Hendrickson. And then we check back in with Tyler the Neighbor, Scout, and Minerva the Alien. Our theme music was composed by Alex Place. Our logo was designed by Alex Vincini. Our audio technician for this episode was Will Paulson. Our communications manager is Maureen Armstrong. Our film and media manager is Robert Bajorquez. And our artistic manager is Jake Ferg. And if you like what you heard, help us out by subscribing to our podcast and leaving us a review. Find us at funhousefam.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at funhousefam, where you can get all the updates for everything coming in the next year. Funhouse events, auditions, opportunities, and script submissions. Join us and goodbye. Oh,